Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic podcast. Hosted by Twin Sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case your friends ask. Systematic podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic Podcast. The show about politics, pop culture, and, and sisterhood. sisterhood. Per usual, it's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is season three, episode six. It's November. We're getting ready to wrap out the year. How are you, Alexis? Wrap out. Wrap out. Wrap up. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm good. Um, It's been a pretty crazy past few weeks, but I'm looking forward to the holidays and getting a little bit of downtime. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Definitely a lot going on. Uh, What should we get started with first? Do you want to start with politics or? Yeah, I think we can start with these two huge criminal trials that the country and the world has been watching close over the past few weeks. That would be the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse in Wisconsin and the trial against the three men who murdered Ahmaud Aubrey in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So just to recap these two trials and like the events that led up to these trials, Kyle Rittenhouse was on trial because he showed up to an anti-racism protest with an assault rifle and shot three people. He murdered two of them. Yes, Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum um, unfortunately lost their lives because of Kyle Rittenhouse's reckless violence, so he's on trial for that. And in Georgia, the three men who murdered Ahmaud Aubrey were on trial, Travis McMichael, Gregory McMichael, and William Bryan were on trial because of the events that the whole world saw unfold on that phone video recording. Right. The whole world was outraged by this video and and both of these trials and the events surrounding them. And uh, yeah, right. We- just I mean, just like the the way that these men were all just emboldened and entitled um, to feel that they could safely take another man's life mm-hmm. with no. Yeah, thinking they without having to face any consequences or accountability. Right. So we got some verdicts this month in these trials. What what happened? Yes, these jury verdicts went in two very different directions. In Kyle Rittenhouse's case, the world watched, watched, not necessarily surprised, but just incredibly disappointed and disheartened and disgusted with our criminal justice systems failure to hold someone accountable um right in any form or fashion for a horrendous um crime yeah i mean there are so many people that are incarcerated for so much less and i think that this verdict really just highlights the inequalities in our quote justice system whatever you want to call it um we can look at the case of Khalif Browder as a really direct example parallel example right um he was wrongfully incarcerated for 
three years in Rikers. And he was he 17 as well when he was incarcerated? I believe. Um, I mean, he never even got a trial. He was incarcerated for three years without a trial. For um, what? Stolen? Uh, for alleged, alleged? For, yeah. Just, for just being profiled being while profiled down the street. Um, charged with, like, stealing a woman's purse or something Well, he wasn't like even that. charged. He, he didn't have money for bail and spent three years in jail. He didn't even get to go to court. Right. So that's just one example and there are unfortunately so many where black and brown uh, marginalized communities are sentenced to generational altering generation altering sentences like, mm-hmm. for minor offenses right and a white 17 year old who kills people walks away with not even probation um it's yeah and is instead of being offered like government internships by government by psychos uh, yeah psycho <laughs> uh government officials um anyway right so following that verdict the world kind of held its breath as we waited for the verdict against the three men in the trial um for the murder of, of the killing of Ahmad aubrey i uh, i think we said their names already right yes so fortunately this trial went very differently they were found guilty on almost every single charge mm-hmm. um all three convicted for murder right and we're still waiting for sentencing um but hopefully they don't see the light of day uh, and but it is super important to highlight the fact that protest actually uh the role that protest played in this outcome because when Ahmad was killed they didn't the police showed up and they didn't even bring any charges against these three men it took 74 days for charges in the state to be brought right the police and the district attorney showed up they looked at this case and they basically turned a blind eye to this injustice and acted like there was nothing to see here and that would have just been the end of what happened um if it weren't for if it weren't for the community and people all across the country responding to a cell phone video that was leaked Mm-hmm. In just like a crazy turn of events, these men weren't facing any prosecution. And one of the men involved, wh- who was there, who contributed to the murder, was recording it on his cell phone. And he leaked the video, I mean, just like a complete moron because he Thinking thought it would the, help there help their case he thought it was going to help clear up what happened and kind of and like prove that they were justified in this killing fortunately um that video was leaked i mean very unfortunate that so many people had to see like such a tragic um loss of life um but thanks to that video and communities the community's response and and people all around the country um demanding justice right uh this was taken to trial and all of these men are now being held accountable for what they did right i have been having a lot of conversations recently about protesting and i feel like some people don't really understand uh, why or they think like 
I think they don't understand, yeah, um, what, what the point is. Like, I was going in the street and being, like, upset. Um, and I was trying to explain how protesting does a lot to apply pressure to politicians and it is just kind of a visual representation when all these people come out it's like this is how many people care about this issue you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and it can yeah apply pressure on a lot of different um officials and and people and hold them accountable they don't want that many people um to go against them when it's time for re-election or or things like that so that's just like one example yeah yeah there's a lot of ways that it it can help contribute to um demands for justice in in many different cases but yeah it's really important to call that out here um we're still gonna be keeping an eye out for the actual sentencing um for these three men but um it's yeah i think it's safe to say that we're going to be talking about the impacts of these two trials um for a very long time and and we're going to witness positive and negative outcomes from both of these cases right so i know we have a really important interview that we're looking forward to getting to in just a minute sam do you want to cover some pop culture current events before we switch over yeah definitely um, I'm really excited about this interview, too, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. Our guests are um, incredible. I mean, I think all of our guests are incredible, but this is a really special um, conversation. But yeah, really um, briefly, I'll start with, I guess, a lighter topic. I just have a little tea. Uh, the hot gossip, you know, uh, Kim K and Pete Davidson are dating officially officially there's like it's been rumored for a while but now it's official apparently yeah there's like all these pics of them together and hanging out and like it low-key looks like they're like having fun they're like smiling and stuff yeah uh i'm like how do we feel about this for kim uh you know she was with kanye for so long and really seemed like they were going through it for a while Mm-hmm. Um, I know mental health obviously is uh, not easy to deal with, I'm sure, in, in a marriage, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Kanye's even been, been talking about that recently, how his anger and his temper has maybe been beneficial in his career and his music and business, but how he is acknowledging how his anger and his temper was very de- detrimental to his family and his relationship. Yeah. Um, but for Kim, yeah, I mean, this is like a big switch up. Mm-hmm. I mean, how old is Kim now? Did she have her 40th birthday? I believe so. And Pete is like 28. So that's a pretty big age difference. That is a lot. Pete's only 28. Yeah, <laughs> that's a large age difference for sure. Uh, yeah, that's interesting, especially when it goes the other way around. I feel like people are always like really weird about older men dating young women. Um, but yeah, I, I it's, I mean, he's not that young. He's not a child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're super different, though, Kanye and Pete. And, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Pete Davidson, but I could see how, like, after going through a lot of, like, heavy things, Kim could, like, just want to hang out with someone that, like, made her laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. I mean... I guess I'm happy for her. I don't know how Ariana Grande feels about it. 
I don't know either. Um, <laughs> let me call her and Let's ask. Her. Uh, yeah, you know, I feel like I heard someone talking about, like, you know, what, what Ariana said about P and Kim was like, let me see if it's true. Right, I think that's, like, kind of the running joke. I mean, he's really batting out of his league, but um, as long as they're happy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. I mean, she was just married for years, so I could also see her just wanting to do something like really casual. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hope just the best. to have fun. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So um, yeah, hope uh, the best for them. Did you have one last topic you wanted to get into before the interview? Yeah, of course. And this topic is a lot heavier the whole world woke up to some pretty shocking and abrupt news today when it was announced that Virgil Abloh a huge pioneer in the fashion and design industry uh, really just genius uh, creator of our time and generation uh, passed away from a really aggressive form of cancer that he had been battling for the past two or three years in private. This was really heartbreaking, uh, not only for me personally, but um, the whole Chicago community, the whole world really is grieving right now. Uh, He passed away at the age of 41, leaving two young children, and he was just so young and had so much more to accomplish and I've just been really reflecting a lot today on his contributions not only to like the streetwear culture and industry but to the world really I mean yeah it's incredible what he was able to accomplish as just a young black child from Rockford Illinois um to head men's designer for Louis Vuitton, among other things, starting his own brand Off-White and really collaborating across every single industry. It's insane. He has really um, made an impact across the worlds of of design and innovation, and his legacy is going to continue to to live on. Mm -hmm. I, I... I don't know. I honestly have a lot to say about it. As many of you know, when we first started this podcast, I actually was just starting uh, a Nike Lab mentorship program in 2019 that he selected me for. He selected 10 artists to participate in this program. Young artists from Chicago. Yeah, young artists from Chicago. He selected us to be a part of a program where it's like a was it an incubator program yes it was an incubator program at the nike lab in downtown chicago where he provided us uh, along with nike of course um mentors workshops materials resources and at the end of the program he came and saw all of our projects and and we presented our projects to him um and just his presence and participating in that program program was a huge acknowledgement from me and you know my friends that were a part of it and just you know was like a affirming super affirming for young artist yeah for him to spend his time that way and um we're just one group of people that he impacted 
and inspired. Um, and yeah, my timeline today, just social media is, has been incredible and, and beautiful and sad and really just mixed emotions there to see how many lives he, he touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the in the announcement of his passing on his Instagram, they included a quote that he often said, quote, everything I do is for the 17-year-old version of me. Um, meaning, like, everything I do is, is to, like, kind of, like, acknowledge and provide, like, more opportunity for, like, someone like him when he was a, a kid, right? Um, and that's, like, kind of what he, it seemed like he was doing with the Nike Lab incubator. Yeah, I mean, I think that when he got the diagnosis, I think he, like, really, like, doubled down and went super hard and, like, knew he was on limited time and tried to uplift as many people as he could. And I, I'm just, you know, one example of I had, you know, very brief um, but meaningful experiences with him um, that really had a, a large impact on, on my career, especially now working for Nike as a designer. Um, and even just like the friendships and the community that he brought together through that program. I'm genuinely just so appreciative for the work that he did to uplift my community, the city of Chicago, young creatives across the world. His presence at the top of these industries and companies really showed so many young children of color that there are no limits to what you can achieve. There are no ceilings and and anything is possible. Mm -hmm. And um, his work and his legacy will continue on through all of the creatives that he inspired. It really is a lot to process and there's really so much more that could be said about Virgil Abloh than I can fit in these few minutes of this segment right now. I'm just going to end on this quote by Virgil. Life is so short you can't waste even a day subscribing to what someone thinks you can do versus knowing what you can do. May Virgil Abloh's soul rest in peace and that being said we're going to transition to our interview now um really grateful for our two guests today whose stories are really a testament to um how much we take for granted in terms of our health um and ability and yeah we hope the conversation is enlightening for folks and look forward to engaging people afterwards on the conversation questions people may have and directing you to the pages of our two guests who just share like so much like amazing insight on a regular basis for y'all without further ado we hope that you enjoy this conversation with twin sisters ashley and nikki lawrence I ain't never been a regular, nah-uh Got the money, hit my cellular Cause bitch, I am the king Ain't no time up on my schedule, uh-uh I'm booked and busy on the regular They know that I'm the king Run it up and I score See the numbers on the board Face on the billboard Making money for sport Got Nike checks, let's talk checks I'm up one, you don't want none Thought I heard a bump, bitch, say something Nah, she ain't saying nothing I ain't never been 
a regular. Welcome, ladies. <laughs> Thank you guys, yeah, so much for sitting down with us. I'm really excited to have this conversation. It's really important. Should we start with like an intro? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we are sitting here with Ashley and Nikki. Mm -hmm. Ashley and Nikki are both twins as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Twin gang. Um. <laughs> also half puerto rican so there's that fun fact lots in common and yeah you're twin sisters and you are disability advocates right is that something that you guys like is that like how you identify i don't know we were talking about this before we came here and i was like i don't consider myself that actually like you are you do stuff you just you're having imposter syndrome so yeah just, i guess i don't feel like i do enough <laughs> No, I think that you're doing a lot um, mm -hmm. to inform people on like a daily basis um, yeah. and bring awareness um, specifically to like spinal cord injuries, right? That's a lot of the yeah advocacy that you guys do, but I think it also can like translate and speak to um, I'm sure people with other disabilities can relate as well, right? Yeah. Um, you guys are from Chicago? Yes. From Chicago, born and born raised. raised. Yeah. Slogan Square, Slogan Square right? Yep. Yes. before it was gentrified yeah yeah, yeah. Gentrified. right same um like because we're from humble which is like obviously right next to logan and um i tell people i live in humble and everyone's like oh me too and i'm like no but i'm like we're from there <laughs> you know what i mean i'm sure you guys get that also yeah, like we saw it before <clears throat> yeah before I mean, it was humble heights <laughs> <laughs> right things are changing for sure super different um what what else um oh yeah so so we actually met when we were kids right yeah we went to yeah. school together yeah we went <laughs> to the same school in logan square um yeah, yeah right I, on the boulevard right <laughs> um yeah i'm really glad that we like have been able to like reconnect more recently like through like social media and through the podcast and stuff and yeah we're just like really excited to hear about you guys and your story and things you're working on and thinking about and yeah well, thank you, well, thank you. i um i don't i know so yeah you guys are yeah advocates disability advocates but you haven't always been yeah because you haven't always been, been disabled. disabled right um and i don't know how much you guys want to get into you want it us to share a little bit of that yeah a little story whatever you guys want to talk about so we were disabled and became disabled in march of 2019 um from a car accident we were both in the back seat and rejected from the vehicle rejected from the vehicle we both don't really remember anything so like i'm saying what i've heard from people yeah you know, but we were both like flew set. out the car oh you know God. like superheroes and then we both um we had different experiences because i am a paraplegic so this is nikki talking and ashley's a quadriplegic so basically yeah. long story short is like i have like paralysis in half my body and ashley has paralysis in like all over her body but in different ways like you literally have to sit down and talk to her about where she's paralyzed because it's not just like as simple cutthroat as mine is mm -hmm. and um yeah, we went through an intense rehab process. Unfortunately, we were injured in 2019, so then 2020 was COVID. So we weren't able to, like, do therapy as much anymore like most people are when they mm -hmm. become disabled. But, you know, we were able to do it at home. And also that made us really become, like, on social media a lot and, like, try to create a community within that. So I think COVID, in a sense, made it easy. And that's kind of our disabled story. Yeah. And we're still, we're here, we're thriving almost three years. I don't really know what else to say about the disability. You want to add anything? No, I think 
you said our story pretty good actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah um i actually yeah i saw like the news on social media like when you guys got injured I don't know if you guys knew that, but I'm always curious how people heard about it because, like, you know, we were in the hospital. I had no phone. Our Mm -hmm. phones were missing. So, like, and then I couldn't even use my phone because I lost hand function. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know where, like, I saw it. Like, someone shared it. And then I saw, like, the page I think that your family set up. Like, that was like a Curing Bridge. uh, Like, a blog about what was happening. Um, and I was like subscribed to it so I would get like an email update and I was just yeah obviously like Mm -hmm. rooting for you guys it was definitely intense problems like I just broke it down very easily but I mean rehab was a lot inpatient rehab was a lot and then out rehab was a lot and I mean we're still like you never stop rehab when you have a spinal cord injury did I even say that we had spinal cord injuries or I just say the (laughs) that we had paraplegic well yeah so but um there it's like really specific like i have seen you guys like in your post that's like a number right t6 yeah so mine's a t6 i guess we can go into that a little my i'm a t6 paraplegic but basically for me like you know everyone's body's built different but for me it's like right above my belly button below i really like lose feeling Mm -hmm. for the most part so basically like my diaphragm's affected and things like that um which while i'm talking you'll probably hear me get out of breath because once in a while i can't i feel it like oh i can't breathe no more but it's because of that the lack of like support in my diaphragm Mm. and then ashley's a c4 quadriplegic but a lot of people actually say and that's why spinal cord injuries are just so different and unique a lot of like people in the community that we have met in the spinal cord injury community say that ashley does not move like a c4 like she moves better than that so it's like really interesting like that's why you have to always like ask the person because not every spinal cord injury is the same like even for me I'm a T6 paraplegic, but I also broke my ribs and I had um, a fracture in my neck as well. So I move a little differently than like another T6 would move Sure. because of those injuries too. Like it all plays into your body and like the way you heal. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you want to add anything? No, you probably good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, the, so like the numbers like refer to like what... Oh, the where num- like in the spine yeah so the is. numbers refer to like what part of the vertebrae in your spine that you mm-hmm. broke gotcha and it goes from so it starts from c1 so that's when, like when you'll break your neck so like i'm a c4 which means i broke the pretty four. pretty high up there because it's <laughs> c1 c2 c3 c4 like it's pretty high up there yeah and then it goes is t next yeah then it's, then it's t then, then it's, it's whatever that is then it's l and then it's s mm. And those are like the different ones and they all affect your different parts of the spine different parts of your body differently depending on where you end up breaking it and how it heals yeah <clears throat> right <clears throat> well yeah I, I i like took like an anatomy class once so i remember and a lot of people might not know that like your spine it, it has four different sections mm, right yeah. so that's what the letters refer to because it's mm-hmm. like your cervical spine at the top like oh. your neck and then you have your thoracic spine which is like the part of your back that kind of like hunches forward um and then your lumbar low back and then um sacral at the bottom so so yeah so that's what that those are referring to like because i guess people that have different injuries at different parts like you're saying they might have some similarities but everyone's different yeah and how like they get injured i mean we met a dude in rehab who was like half paralyzed like so his right side was paralyzed but his left side wasn't Mm. and just however his spine broke so it's like also however it broke like um 
mine broke pretty like even there mm. but some people like break like it's kind of like cracked up so then you're like you yeah you well like I, I would say i'm a perfect example of that because my right hand and my left hand function so differently from each other mm-hmm. <laughs> like just alone, like no one you guys can't see this but they can this is a fist mm-hmm. and this is my left hand mm-hmm. it's not in a fist so they're very different just that alone the way i can pick up things or handle like my phone or even just like leaning on and off a table mm-hmm. so different just because the way my spine was severed totally yeah um yeah your spine like i mean it, it like affects so much of like your body and yeah like for spinal injury our bowel and bladder is affected like we have to use the bathroom differently that's like tmi but it's the truth and then there's um like what else there's i mean there's so much like spasms i mean you probably saw it when we were coming on the way here my legs were going crazy so it's just like so much that the spine controls that before i got injured i had no clue like was kind of like ignorant to that science i guess behind it and now i'm just like wow like the spine controls so many things and we just broke it and it's that's why a lot of people think like spinal cord injuries are just paralysis but there's a lot like behind the scenes that you know not a lot of people are going to talk about openly because it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. you know having to deal with like the changes in which your body moves now but that's the truth like i have no problem talking about it i don't know if you do but yeah you know everything was affected so it changes a lot yeah i mean i think that that is really important to talk about and yeah i just like things that people take for granted on a daily basis and it's good to yeah like bring awareness to it i think yeah um can we pause for one second and just double check that the audio like sounds okay i would just cool did you have a follow-up question um well i was just wondering i mean like i feel like you guys obviously have a really unique experience of going through that this together this like whole process (laughs) and journey and being twins and yeah i mean because you could like in theory be in a car accident and like not both have had the same injuries yeah, but I mean, we were in the accident with it was three other people besides us so five total mm. and the two twin sisters are the ones that got injured so always that boggles my mind like how are we the two that yeah. ended up like this and <laughs> in like yeah the like similar types of, of injuries so, yeah. um, so i feel like that is like yeah really unique and i was just wondering um do you how has that been like going through it as twins and do you think that it's been like helpful i don't know or what do you think Hmm, i think it's been it's like a mix because like ashley and i talk about it a lot like it would have been nice had one of us been able-bodied to help the other like with her care with um just like everyday things like even though i still can't help ashley because with the spinal cord injury there's like you need care like most paraplegics can figure it out which thankfully i have but um sometimes you do need care like in the beginning i did need care like i had a caregiver now i don't but ashley still needs one and i'm i'm that a lot of the times while still also like going through this myself and doing you think about if i don't have a caregiver i'm doing my own stuff so and that takes time out of your day i don't think people sometimes realize that and it would have been nice had one of us been okay because we know the other would have been there like even more like it sometimes sucks for me personally like knowing i can't help her the same like as an able-bodied person can because like I'm scared to hurt myself or like maybe I shouldn't do that because that's probably gonna be too much on my body yeah. as if I was okay I would have been able to help her like no other like I would be able to pick her up and like do all these things that I can't do now yeah. so sometimes it was like a unique experience because we were able to be there for each other and like we understand each other like you know twins understand each other on yeah. a different level I feel like 
<laughs> so now we even understand each other because we went through this together. Yeah. Like sometimes we talk about we probably would have resented each other had this not happened to each other. Like we would have been like, oh, Speak for you yourself. don't, you don't get it. Right. But we wouldn't have understood mm-hmm. each other. I mean, at the end of the day, people don't really understand like this your disabled experience unless they've lived it. Mm-hmm. And like we kind, even though we don't have the same experience, it's very different. We still like can understand it to an extent yeah. with each other like she can understand when i'm struggling like mm-hmm. with certain things that maybe if she was okay she wouldn't have understand understood yeah so i think that was like unique i think that was probably yeah. the best part of going through it together is that we did have each other mm-hmm. because i don't know what i would do if she didn't understand it i feel like i would have been frustrated because we don't also have like that many like friends and family who've like stepped up and been there so we've been that for each other so mm-hmm. it's been that's been nice but it would have been nicer had one of us probably been okay yeah. like it's a joke about in terms it of care yeah yeah but at the end of the day it was like i don't know i feel like twins have that you have that bond so you you know you girls know yeah you just understand each other yeah we, we do and we have a lot of like weird like overlap or like similar like experiences or things that happen to us too like we both recently started jobs on the exact same day like Aww. coincidentally like twin stuff <laughs> yeah twin twin things um but yeah i think i mean i think obviously it's like extremely unfortunate but um yeah there's probably a lot of people that go through it alone and it probably is can be like isolating not having someone um or like you sure. know, you're saying not having like enough people around you yeah um, so yeah i mean part of our podcast like in general is about like trying to build like sisterhood like i'm um, glad about your podcast (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like trying to encourage like women to like work together like to lean on each other to like um like just like value women in your life who like are sisters whether or not you actually are sisters (laughs) um so yeah uh i don't know it's yeah it's great that you guys have each other yeah Yeah, i think so too and we definitely built our own like little community and like people that we can Mm -hmm. kind of rely on yeah you know make we figure things out i feel like that's another thing with this injury you just learn to adapt really quickly yeah and like create your own like your own bonds your own for sure bonds with people and get out there and meet people like you are i guess yeah definitely i mean yeah i think um it's really incredible um how yeah how open and transparent you both are about your journey and like your healing and i'm sure that you guys inspire a lot of people i mean i know that you do thank you thank you um (laughs) and yeah i know you talk like you talk a lot about like uh like mental health as well right not just like physical health and you talk about self-love um yes and yeah i mean that's all super important and it's yeah it's incredible to see the community that you guys are building um, yeah i think that oh, sorry no you, you got you got i I'm think like it's rambling. like when, when we, like you had said about the self-love people don't realize part of this like journey mm-hmm. since we're kind of focusing this on disabilities yeah like part of this journey is not even all like the physical like yeah, i talked about rehab in the beginning but like when i had first got injured like i like to get dolled up right but when i first got injured like i said i was having care so they would dress me in like the ugliest clothes i did not like it i was like what is this like don't put me in this like i want a matching set workout uniform if you're gonna send me to rehab not this (laughs) like i didn't like it but i couldn't pick out my own stuff because i couldn't walk to get it right you guys can't see but ashley and he are both 
really beautiful. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, super cute. <laughs> and I think like a part of like the injury like is also the mental health, like learning to love yourself, learning like new ways to dress yourself in a chair. You know, like we had spoke a little before the show. There's not representation, like how things look when you're sitting. I mean, even when I got injured, I was buying new clothes. Like, oh, I want to buy new things, like to see how they look in the chair. And it sits different, like mm-hmm. even just coats. Like I have to buy crop coats now. Yeah. Just so they, for, from the way I personally like it, like you have to find what you like. Before the accident, Ashley liked to wear like baggy clothes. And in the chair, it kind of looks a little frumpy sometimes. Mm-hmm. But she learned like a way yeah, to dress I'm learning it. learning to fall back in love with it because it was what makes me feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's like important for people to know like even just with any journey like it's not just what people physically can see it's also like a lot that goes on like behind the scenes like i mean every day i'm like trying to figure out like ways to like feel cute again or feel like me again or you know today i'm gonna get up and get ready even if i don't have the energy to but it makes you feel good because Mm -hmm. this injury is like it's a lot of the physical and like of course in the beginning that's all i was thinking about in my head and i didn't realize until one day like i wanted to go out like i don't have any clothes that i like to wear mm-hmm. like as a wheelchair person because things had fit me different and when you become injured or in the hospital everyone loses weight mm-hmm. so you're also like wow nothing fits me anymore and that's like a journey in itself and i remember like speaking to other people in the community like i'm really struggling because i want to feel pretty again <laughs> like i don't yeah. feel pretty i don't and now it's nice like the tables are turned because i'm helping girls who are like newly injured that are in my inbox like how do you look so me i'm like just do it just yeah and it's like crazy because they're like nobody ever talks about that I'm like they don't talk to you about that in rehab and i wish mm-hmm. i wish there was more programs in rehab that talked more about the mental aspect of it and like also learning to love yourself again mm-hmm. but they're so focused on like the physical aspect oh, at yeah. first and they don't realize like we're still human inside like mm-hmm. and we still have to go out in the real world and like be our human selves we're not just wheelchair people who want to be in like workout classes all day every day for sure <laughs> yeah no, you know <laughs> yeah we um we we were talking yeah a little bit about like yeah the lack of representation in media of um yeah all people with disabilities like which is like all forms of of disabilities um and yeah it's we were saying how like i feel like it just started to become a thing uh for like brands to have like disabled people in like their campaign and like, like tommy hilfiger just got an adoptive adaptive line like a couple years ago yeah and started featuring like people with disabilities even wheelchairs people with walkers like any type of disability he's been featuring totally um yeah i feel like yeah pretty little thing just had a model in their swim line that was in a wheelchair yeah a power wheelchair at that nice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah how do you guys feel about it are you guys like happy that that is something that's changing or yes i love seeing that and there's actually a show that me and nikki watched i don't know if anyone's familiar a million little things mm. and they recently decided to make a character who in real life he isn't disabled but he became disabled in the show and there was some controversy around it and the show seemed to listen because now they actually b- brought in a actual wheelchair user mm to also play in the like show his mentor. Yeah, yeah as his mentor which i like i appreciated because it's like thank you for including an actual disabled right person in your disabled representation yeah, yeah. totally like when they bring like people in on shows that like to play like gay or like trans people that aren't actually like yeah gay and there's so trans. many people to choose from why do you have to choose the one person that isn't totally. right like there's know? so many people yeah, yeah. there's a whole community of people that <laughs> would, would portray it so much better yeah and love the job and opportunity mm-hmm. and stuff too so um if any 
fucking brands are anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah, Savage Times Fenty, hit me up. No. <laughs> that would be dope. Sure. Like she said, we're pretty. No. <laughs> <laughs> All four of us, honestly. Twin campaign. Yes. <laughs> I love seeing the representation, though, like personally, because I love seeing like um girls glammed up and like pretty i know there's mm-hmm. there's also a side that people aren't but i just love seeing that like i love seeing women in chairs like all beautiful like the girl that was in the pretty little thing swim this was like in the summer and she was in miami and she like rolled in it and there was like water on the stage and it was just nice to see like wow like she looks hot mm-hmm. and she's just doing her thing in her chair and like that's not what's like yeah that's probably what got her there because they wanted to represent but that's amazing that they're even representing like someone in a chair even i mean that's just all been recently which is kind of sad yeah. where you've got injured at a good time where people it's just starting mm-hmm. to like happen but even when i think ashley and i were first got injured like magazines hadn't even put mm-hmm. people in wheelchairs on their covers yeah. there was like tommy hilfiger i think i just came out in 2019 with his mm-hmm. adaptive line yeah. don't quote totally. me but it's like crazy how it's finally like changing and yeah. Of course, this was something that we never thought of beforehand, which is kind of sad when you think about it on the back burner. Because we are, like, disabled people are a minority. Like, we knew we were minorities as, like, Puerto Ricans and Creoles, but we didn't know that we were, like, no, disabled people are. And totally. I imagine all the times I probably crossed a disabled person and, like, didn't treat them like they were equal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder about that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, should we talk a little bit about, like, ableism? Like, for, like, listeners who maybe, like, don't know what it is because like people are familiar right with like racism or sexism I like it. um but maybe aren't familiar with like ableism and how to like try to like reduce like ableist tendencies that we may have like grown up with yeah. i'm gonna have ashley have this one you want to get the definition first no you <laughs> i feel like i'll say it wrong because but i'll try ableism so, is discrimination oh yeah is the discrimination against disabled people correct yeah basically like the yeah in simple terms but basically honestly it's and that's why it's like ableism yeah there's a lot there's a lot of ableism in the world but i don't get too (laughs) mad because i feel like a lot of it's unintentional because it's what we're taught from such a young age Mm -hmm. like since birth we are taught that disabled people are less than so sometimes i have to like give people like if you're willing to learn i won't be mad at you uh, I just, I'm going to expand on that because you said uh, that we're seen as less than. It's not like anyone's telling us that yeah. we're less than. It's the way like I can just think of I studied to be a teacher. So like even when I went back to my to visit my kids, how the parents were like, be careful, be careful with her. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like I'm fine. They don't have to act different around me. Like yeah. I will tell them if I don't need mm-hmm. like they're doing too much. Mm-hmm. But like just like anyone else would if you're in their space, like it's OK. And I think it's that's why like it's unintentional like totally the way that people shush kids and like why are they in that it's like they're not trying to be like hush hush about the disability but mm-hmm. they don't realize when they do that they're teaching the kids like Disability's oh you don't talk bad. about that totally mm-hmm. and sorry you can keep going oh no you, okay <laughs> um no i don't even remember what i was saying about the kids and in, in un, unintentional oh well, but yeah <laughs> it was just something that we're taught from when we're young but so I go further, I would say like ableism, like what I've experienced is definitely, especially because I do have like a care person with me quite often. And like when I go out and about, people don't address me. Mm-hmm. That's probably my biggest mm-hmm. one. It's like, even if someone does have an intellectual disability, look at them when you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. And the person that's with them, if they need someone that needs to like, you'll even be translate for them or and they'll look at her. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, they don't assume that, like, I'm the one giving you the card and you're still talking to my caregiver. Like, mm -hmm. talk to me. That's so rude. But, uh... Yeah, definitely. That's a major one that I experience. And it's even one I experience when me and my sister are out because I'm in a power wheelchair and my sister's in a manual wheelchair. And they assume that, like, because you're in a power wheelchair that you're, quote-unquote, more disabled. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. But that's because we're taught so little about disability that people have such a narrow view on it well then you even think about like in schools they separate the children who are in who have like i mean growing up they did separate the kids with physical and learning disabilities mm -hmm. and now looking back half of those kids probably didn't have to be in that class right. mm -hmm. they could have been with the regular kids but it's taking either way they should have been mingling with them so that way just it just yeah, yeah socializing like no one should be not like playing with other people there. just because they're disabled and that's that but that contributes to the ableism because yeah. they isolate them yeah. so of course i mean naturally i mean i um, think of when we went to high school i naturally just thought like oh we don't talk to those kids like oh they're like not there and yeah. that's i unfortunately i can admit it but like maybe if i would have gave some of them a chance it would have been like we could have had a beautiful friendship mm -hmm. but because like oh they're all the way on that side of the hallway you know they always are on the different end and they are treated differently oh they you don't go to that side of the hallway it's like then you start like internalizing that and then now we're disabled and you're like oh shit like but i'm not that way anymore like i have a brain thankfully that wasn't taken away from me like and now i'm sitting here and you get treated that same way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's even just like people ignore us i even like notice when ashley and i ashley and i go out a lot just her and i like people won't treat us the same like some people will be like so like alarmed that we're in the building <laughs> like oh well we just need to get to our table like it's you don't have to act like so extra or like scared, people yeah. start staring at us and it's mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm not gonna fight with people but i like, smile like like i see you looking like mm -hmm. you can look away now right. and i had a therapist tell like, me can i help you <laughs> yeah <laughs> can i help you <laughs> I had a therapist tell me like these people are just looking at you and it's only for like five seconds and they they probably forget once they leave and I, I understand that but I think people need to realize like we are talking back to the ableism it just it hurts a little like you don't look at any other person who just walks yeah. through yeah. like stare hard and I, some yeah I mean I hate when people stare at me especially if I'm like in a space that isn't like racially diverse or like if I'm in a room or a restaurant and it's all like yeah, it's like, like you know a you're all the white room and I'd like walk in and maybe I'm with like a friend who's also a person of color and like everyone just looks at you. Yeah, it's I mean, it's uncomfortable in <laughs> general. Staring is rude. Yeah. yeah. PSA um, for real. And I hate being the center of attention and this robot just makes everybody stare. Stop yeah. staring at me. <laughs> but um, ableism also like I mean, yeah, it affects people in like so many ways, like if you're trying to get a job. Yeah, um, that's another way. If you're like maybe, like trying to get housing, maybe like a landlord or like oh, an apartment yeah. building is like not going to want to take you because maybe they assume yeah. they're going to have to do more work or something to like fix Make the building. Make yeah, the accommodations for you. Yeah. I mean, that's the same like with jobs. I've actually got um, let go of my teaching job that I had when I was injured because they said they couldn't make the accommodations that I needed. And like that was like a I, back then i didn't even think like that's a form of ableism i was like still freshly in this i wasn't even thinking of that but it like stung a little and later on i realized like damn like that's ableism they could have made accommodations for me they could have 
took their time with me they i could have been part-time like and i think covid showed that a lot to people like things can be remote you can switch things around you can be more flexible but unfortunately like it was before that and it's like now people are realizing that but i hope that some of the things that are like stayed like input like the remote jobs and things that helps disabled people so much like and i hope those things stick around and i hope those jobs still offer things like that or even like make the accommodations at the workplace if they do need to go in a couple times a week because they shouldn't have to like work from home if they don't want to but if they do that should be like accommodated and we saw that during the pandemic and i hope they keep that going i'm actually in the process of looking for a job right now that's remote and thankfully because of covid there's like way more options than there probably would have been beforehand yeah so but that's like a form of definitely a form of ableism the ableism like within the side community people like it (laughs) sam no you're good you're good ableism within the community some people like that word and some people don't i wanted to touch on that a little be i don't i think it's more because i guess we can talk about that like internalized ableism which is like ableism like a disabled person has to themselves and i think that's why a lot of people have trouble with that word because like i definitely deal with ableism towards myself like all the time i'll look in the mirror like oh i look ugly like if only i could just stand up i look okay and then i have to tell myself like that's not like that's in your head you look fine girl like just and that's a little thing (laughs) yeah and that's like a little example there's probably a ton more that i go through probably daily that i think in my head like stop stop thinking like that Mm -hmm. because of internalized ableism so there's like in the community people are like how can we expect people not to think this way when we think this way towards ourselves but you have to also think a lot of people aren't disabled from birth there's a lot of people who are disabled from birth but there's also a lot who aren't Mm -hmm. so they struggle with trying to make that transition back into like people they used to be the mindset i mean you still have your same mind that didn't change your body just changed Mm -hmm. so you're like oh shit now i'm thinking all these thoughts like people don't want to hang with us people don't want to do this but it's because in my head that's how i thought before and sometimes it's like even reteaching yourself just like even with racism like reteaching yourself like to not think that way not treat people that way even yourself like with as long as you're willing to learn i won't call you an ableist <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's hard. Um, yeah, when like there isn't that representation and like people, like yeah, so much of it is like really ingrained in like our society, um, which is why I think that like the work that you both are doing um, to like educate people is, is so important. <clears throat> and yeah, like there's really no reason that like TV shows and like movies like shouldn't like be featuring and including like more yeah types of disabled people like all different types um right because like the representation is i mean like that's like part of helping people even understand that we have this like ableist mindset um right because like if you can see more people with different types of disabilities that are doing different things and it's like more normalized Mm -hmm. yeah um just like that's just one way i think yeah it could help and like destigmatizing disabilities um i I think it's important too to like in the representation i think sometimes like film and disability things that they have to show all the disabled life like no we just want you to show them living their life exactly like Like, in school just put them in the plot you know yeah just put them in the plot to a restaurant put them in a love story like Mm -hmm. you're normal people this is normal things that people like everyone deals with this yeah 
with but it's just like every relationship people handle their relationship differently so you don't need to know the ins and outs of that right just can you show them like doing that life like just falling in love going to being school cute. like yeah being cute like can you put them in a valentine's day movie please right <laughs> like can you make them a superhero yeah like people don't really fly you can make the disabled person fly too right, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and i think that's like what films like oh we don't want to show all of that like because like i said there is a lot behind disability mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes behind the scenes that a lot of people like on social media or anywhere don't do not talk about mm-hmm. um even sometimes i struggle with talking about those things that a lot of people don't talk about mm-hmm. but that's not what we're asking them to show we're asking them to show just us living life like if i was if i was to be in a movie like just show me living life in chicago like that's all i want you to do right <laughs> yeah like yeah, just represent thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to I, they don't need to know about my ins and out of my care right they yeah. don't know you have bars yeah <laughs> yeah i <laughs> <laughs> don't need to know all that <laughs> <laughs> totally um yeah i know we were talking about um the film <clears throat> it's like documentary right uh-huh. uh on netflix yeah crip crip camp crip which camp. i recommend everyone watch Isn't it called a good one crip nation crip camp oh crip right camp? crip camp yeah crip camp Okay. Um, yeah, which is like the Obamas put it out, right? Or like they funded it, right? I think it's. I think the Obamas have like a media kind of company. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I yeah, know that. I think so. Yeah, I think that because whenever it came out, I think it was like when we had first got became disabled, mm-hmm. so we just mm-hmm. watched it. So I didn't even like look into like what was behind the scenes of it. I was just like, let's see what it's about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's their like media. Yeah, Barack Obama was. And Barack and Michelle are executive producers. Oh, that makes me love it more. Mm-hmm. I definitely recommend it now. Keep watching it. <laughs> um, yeah, I super recommend to for anyone that is listening and is like interested. Yeah. Um, a little summary, right? Like Crip Camp. It's about a camp on the East Coast and in the sixties, mm-hmm. um, where like it was just a summer camp for people with disabilities, mm-hmm. young people, and it like helped them live a because like back in the day things weren't as like accessible so it was like a camp that finally let them in a sense be free yeah right? like feel free like they were able to go swimming when before like in the 60s that was illegal mm-hmm. because actually i don't know if you're gonna bring this up but i don't know if you all know but in chicago not nice chicago they <laughs> they actually used to have a law it was called the ugly laws oh no what that people with disabilities would go to jail just for like yeah, or any deformities or with so. any deformities like like you were talking about I like the I scars about this. I, yeah, yes. I, think th- I think i heard about it in that they interview. would go to jail for just like having differences and crazy the first fucking chicago chicago was the first state to implement that law I right think so yeah that's why i brought it up <laughs> i need to look more into that because yeah super fucked up um, but yeah, so I guess, so this camp, it was revolutionary for like so many ways, but it also like brought people together with di- from different disability communities. And then that helped spark like the disability movement in the U.S. Well, like later, um, like a lot of the, them like grew up, right? They grew yeah. up and they became um, activists, activists mm-hmm. and then they, they helped get past the American Disability Act, which is like people refer to it as the ada and that's what like all buildings yeah, now have they to did the capital crawl where they all crawled up mm-hmm. they left on the capital they yeah, left like their mobility uh, mobility devices and they crawled up there to like show like how hard it is like we need accessibility yeah mm-hmm. that and it's sad whole- that they even had to do that just to get accessibility into buildings but they wanted to show that and the totally. black panthers helped them too yeah 
Yeah, they did like it was like some type of it was like a days long like protest, right? Wasn't yeah, they like it? slept it, like, in the building. They occupied a mm-hmm. federal occupied building. The building, um, yeah, to and the government, like yeah, was like super. And a uh, lot of resistant. them didn't have their devices either inside the buildings or they like left their medications out. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So thank God for the disability movement and like all of these inspiring um, activists that like paved the way pa- and fought for that just at least this level of like ex- accessibility for, yeah. for people but there's like so much said, more yeah there's a lot more um progress to there be is. made in terms of like achieving yeah like real equity right mm-hmm. um <clears throat> even just like coming here today um <laughs> we like booked a booked a recording session at a local studio and we thought it was accessible because we're like, okay, it's like street level. There's an elevator. It should be fine. We told the, yeah, like the engineer that we were coming with wheelchair. And then there ended up being like a barrier to accessibility to actually get in the studio. That was like overlooked. That was overlooked. So like we had to scramble to find another studio. Totally. And then even like getting into this studio, which is all ground, like street level, like there's like there's so many obstructions like just <laughs> on the, the sidewalk, sidewalk. yeah um, it's all things like you don't even think about you don't even right. think yeah. about there's like a fire hydrant in the middle of the sidewalk <laughs> why was that fire hydrant why was that there the of the, the small sidewalk, sidewalk yeah. that was a small sidewalk with the hydrant in the middle um <laughs> can't even get by and, and like these are things y'all have to do, like deal with every day and like right. everyone else just like walks around it so there's like so much mm-hmm. um wait big news um you guys got uh van your van modified this week Mm -hmm. right yes yes um so now um nikki can drive by herself in the van right yep amazing it's amazing it was a long time coming i think i just note i know i know i noticed on my instagram but i want people to know it was not an easy process they make they make disabled people go through with so many hoops to just get the like accommodations that we need or Mm -hmm. like for me getting my car modified like it literally took over a year to finally get that done yeah and it was all through the state it was just because they kept making me go through a ton of hoops ton of different paperwork and it's Mm -hmm. like you wouldn't do this if i was just a regular person like that's what i kept thinking in my head like Mm -hmm. oh if i could just go get a car and drive off i'd love to like just this the amount of freedom that you get from getting like certain things like that like modifications and being able to go into buildings like people don't realize like how freeing that feels yeah yeah (laughs) no definitely i mean yeah definitely (laughs) something that i'm trying to have been trying to be like more conscious of and like super grateful for like sometimes i do like gratitude lists and things like that and it's like yeah i feel like a lot of people like really take their health and things like that for granted um because you never know what what can happen but um yeah i think is there anything that able-bodied people can do better like what's a way for people to learn more about like how to be inclusive or like like, well i like what you said sam just like kind of like when you notice things like if you notice like the steps like oh like is this building like it's if they're grandfathered in usually they're not supposed to be ada approved but they can be but like if you just oh well like i have friends who are in wheelchairs i like even if you lie to them like i want to bring them here but i can't because mm-hmm. you have a step like, like are you gonna pressure. change that yeah like totally. ask questions like just be like you would like with anything else like just yeah, don't advocate wait for, for your friends. to see a disabled person struggle to a- advocate for them mm-hmm. yeah you don't Speak need to have a friend or yeah. family member who's disabled just 
Like if you go to somewhere to yeah. a restaurant or something, to be like, hey, like you guys should really. Because I think too, people shouldn't realize like when you get old you're gonna need these accommodations regardless mm-hmm. so start young start getting them ready young so you can don't miss out on the places you like to go right. like even like our we had just visited our grandma and like even she was like saying how now she needs certain like she has high cabinets like i need that lower now mm-hmm. and i was like yeah people don't ever think about that but see our cabinets already lower we're ahead of the game and she was <laughs> like yeah i need that and i'm like yeah like start thinking ahead like at the end of the day we're just I always joke that we're just ahead of the game, but most people, when you get, unfortunately it's happened when we were young, but when you get older, you do sometimes need mobility devices. Like even if it's just a cane, like sure. you do need help. And how is that gonna feel when you need to go up like the steep stairs and you're like, this is not ADA approved. I can't get up there. Yeah. Right. So like, you're not advocating just for us. You're yeah, advocating at some for point, like yourself and your parents. disabled, so right. should care about disability mm-hmm. always. I su- yeah. It sucks that it took me to become disabled to like start carrying i wish i would have known about all of this beforehand but now i can just scream about it now and get everybody to care about it now so yeah, yeah. i mean yeah here we are yeah um and i know we have to wrap up soon um and don't want to keep taking too much of your time but i'm like i almost i'm like i don't know what's a good way to wrap up because we have so much more to talk about we we do (laughs) um and maybe we can have you you back on also for like a future episode um because there definitely is more to talk about and i uh, i i know we're here to talk about like disability awareness and like ableism and things like that but also like obvious reminder that you both are so much more than your disability and um yeah beautiful talented intelligent interesting funny um yeah and have like so many like other um interests as well so um i just want to say that well thank you we appreciate you girls Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we all need to hang out yeah uh, for sure should. definitely <laughs> let's go hit the bong after this <laughs> sam <laughs> oh i didn't know we could talk about that yeah <laughs> let's, it let's is legal it is i know oh. it is but i still hey, ashley scared. has her medical card right yeah <laughs> that's we were smoking ashley stuff <laughs> this is alexis i have no comment i may or may not be a state employee oh no oh my God. <laughs> what the rules are here <laughs> i think you're fine it is legal yeah you're recreationally. right recreationally <laughs> um but yeah uh, is there anything else to like wrapping up questions or well yeah so you guys have an instagram right um yeah well yeah. ashley yeah. nikki story yeah, so yeah, we ashley. have ashley nikki story so and joint instagram which we have been very inactive but yeah <laughs> on you that guys one have so much good so like so many good posts on there like yeah thank you you, you go you. into detail about like all of these things that you talk about right like the challenges self-love like grief yeah. and and on the ashley nikki story page we also try to do like educational posts every so often which yeah, is like, especially yeah. on i so i would say on ashley nikki story we're definitely the most like we talk about like spinal cord injury and then like your page your personal page nikki what is nicole your collette three. nicole collette three <laughs> you definitely talk more about like self-love and like your pain journey and stuff Love, yeah. and then on my page you can see me smoking some swede <laughs> okay <laughs> and i talk about the medical benefits of that and then i also talk about just disability in general yeah yes. like i talk about the ugly laws and the capital crawl so go to my page if you want to learn more about that and that's ashley loren 16 <laughs> yeah awesome oh, slight plug yeah yeah and good. like i think you guys i mean yeah you guys do a really good job of like just being very authentic um because like i feel like some people might like i don't know like i i think that it's awesome because some people might 
think that it's like sad or some something and like obviously there is that well, element that's how like d- disabled people have been portrayed a lot in like yeah. popular media but it's like and that is a part of it obviously to <laughs> to acknowledge um because obviously it's not fucking easy yeah um, but yeah it's not like you're sad all the time and that's why i think um, it's important like why we share our journeys is like when i think when i for you know and social media is a highlight reel and i just wanted to be real and like you don't know how many people in my inbox were like i appreciate you putting that out there like i did a grief like a letter to myself on youtube when we had first got injured like some able-bodied self people were like messaging me like that made me feel so good because nobody ever like everybody always talks about like wow i'm recovered i'm amazing but i think it's important to acknowledge that like i mean everyone deals with mental health but like people mm-hmm. with disabilities like it gets very isolating and alone and yeah i think that's why i like to like talk about it so openly on my page because i mean even able-bodied people message me that they can relate to what i'm saying so i'm yeah. like mm-hmm. i appreciate doing that because totally. like you said everyone deals with that and mm-hmm. it's like we don't need to keep i mean i you love to be positive and everything but at the end of the day that's like this life mm-hmm. i mean that's a big reason why i started even just like showing me just living everyday life like smoking weed or doing my i do um, tiktoks it's a little embarrassing but i post them that you can find <laughs> them and i just people love like or in my mix like i love that you're showing you just living your life as a yeah. disabled individual not always just like posting this just the sad stuff or just your disabled stuff like no like i'm also a human that enjoys other things and i'm not just disabled right mm-hmm. yeah yeah disabled people are human oh 100 <laughs> period <laughs> well yeah thank you both so much thank, like thank we're you so guys. happy this worked out and you guys were available yeah we're so happy guys had us oh yeah. forward to hanging out more now Definitely. that the car's modified this is like a dream come true <laughs> yeah this is yeah. a dream i've listened to your podcast since you guys first 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 mm-hmm. first first got it i love podcasts i'm a podcast nerd when you when you guys accessed i was like so happy i was saying she's like calm down <laughs> but actually i've listened to them since the day one like i've seen them grow it's Aww. amazing <laughs> i was so happy so <laughs> yeah no we really appreciate it we're like who listens to this no, i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> me we do day one right here no we love that yeah thank you thank you so much yeah and, and yeah definitely just the beginning and hopefully we can yeah find other opportunities to like just do other just other stuff together mm-hmm. raise awareness also yeah, yeah. cool um, so, well it's a wrap yeah, yeah thank you thank you yeah. now she ain't saying no i ain't never been a regular nah the money hit my cellular Cause bitch, I am the king Ain't no time up on my schedule Uh-uh I'm booked and busy on the regular They know that I'm the king Ain't nobody else built for it I was born